Hello, everyone, and welcome to Filmmake to the Filmmaking Sucks podcast. See, you thought you were going to screw it up, and I did. <laughs> Thanks for taking that on, on mm-hmm. for me. Uh, the Filmmaking Sucks podcast, where we tell you about all the mistakes you can make while producing a film and explain how you can avoid them yourself. Which is actually all the mistakes that we've made yes. and just owning up to them. Yeah. Okay. Like, this is what we did. Don't I do just, this. Just, yeah. Okay. So, uh, hey, I'm starting I, the clock. All right. I am one of your hosts, Manny. And I'm Lindsay. And welcome to the show. So, uh, Hello. Hello. So we're going to try and get back on this and doing it the way we used to, which mm-hmm. was concise and non-rambling. And uh, oh, We're going to ramble, but... We're going to ramble. We're just going to ramble less. Ramble less. Or rather, we're going to stop talking. Not stop talking. No. What's, what's the way I'm... We're just going to... We're going to ramble. Yeah. But we're just going to ramble off. for less amount of time. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. the goal. Yeah. That's Excellent. the goal. Excellent. All right. Well, I guess this is another show about me. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, you're the one. You've you've been taking on a lot. Yeah. I mean, we both have, but you've been really spearheading. Yeah. You, you, you just made a new film. Yeah, yeah. I jumped into the weeks. driver's seat. I've reason, I am the most more recent in the driver's seat. Yes. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Um, so, yes, we uh, are wrapped on Misunderstood Monster. Hooray. Hooray. Uh, we did two weekends back to back, Saturday and Sundays. Mm-hmm. And, uh, wow, what a blast. It was amazing. You had fun? I had a great time. I was exhausted by the end of it because stupid full-time job. But well. um, yeah, I had a great time. I had a great blast. I had an amazing cast and crew um, that were awesome in every way possible. Did you have fun? I did. I had a blast. Um, hello, comedy with a monster. Yeah, I'm, you I'm, you can't get more fun, really. Yeah, you can. How? Like horror with a monster. Yeah, well, that's it's. You'll be you no know white. Okay. So here's the thing that I've learned so far that I really am liking about Misunderstood Monster. That's the name of your movie. Yes, that's the name of my movie. Um, Is that when you make a horror movie and you have a monster, you have to hide the monster because it's the surprise. In promotions. In promotions. Yes. Not this one. I'm having a blast. I'm like, here's my monster world. (laughs) Hello. Here's here's me and my picture of my monster. And I don't have to go through nine hundred years of editing Mm -hmm. and a year of film festivals in order to show you my kick ass monster Mm -hmm. because here she is. She's gonna be on the poster. Yeah, she's gonna be on the poster. So there's no reason to hide it. Um, so that has really been a lot of fun. Um Mm -hmm. and and different from horror stuff where I just gonna be like, here she is. Yeah. So what do you think of your monster? I love her. Yeah. I love her so hard. Tell 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 everybody a little bit about your movie then. Um literally the premise of the movie is what if your uh menstruation demon came to visit? Yeah. As a person, as a live well, we, monster. <laughs> I don't know if you had do you have it written down? We came up with log lines and a tagline well, for the it. Well, the log line I have. The tagline and the log line. Oh, the tagline is, it's not your time of the month, it's hers. That's a pretty cool tagline, if I don't say so myself. Yeah, well, you did write it, yeah, so well. thank you, sir. <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much the log line I'm still working on, um, but it's, yeah. While dealing with 
the visit from her monthly monster. A girl struggles to fight her cravings and uh, not stress out. Her aches, her cravings, and her mood swings. Yes. Yes. Yep. So it's a work in progress, still working on the log line. So it's a movie about that time of the month. Yes. So it's mostly for women. Yes. I'm not going to watch it then. No, you're going to watch it a hundred times over as you edit it. (laughs) You're going to watch it more than anyone, including me. Yeah, I am. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, I guess this is the episode of uh, the making of Misunderstood Monster. Um so we kind of, I kind of went about this in a in a little bit of a different way than we typically do. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I'll start from the very beginning. We, we swapped roles right we off the bat. Swapped roles, number one. Yeah, you stepped much more into a producing role mm-hmm. um, this time than you did even for Beneath, and I took on a lot of the directing stuff. A lot of the directing. Well, I took on the directing. You were stuff. the director. Yes, but I actually like coordinated crew and cast and was the the contact point. And um, which is more of an AD, I guess, yeah. or line producer, UPM. Yeah, I guess so. In pre, I don't. I don't know how that works out. I mean, it's always the way the way that we've run things is usually the director, which was you, was usually the main point of contact for all cast and crew. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then this time that was me, um, and it's exceedingly difficult to do, especially <laughs> when having a full time job, uh-huh. um, because you want to be there for people and you want to answer, you know, but you don't lose your job either. Um, so that was pretty... That Can't was, let your boss catch you with your phone in your hand. No. No. That's especially, not good. Especially because as we learned, because we shot at your desk. Yes, we, we sat did. In, we shot in your actual office. <laughs> we did. We realized that your desk is literally six feet from your boss's desk. Yes, it is literally six She feet. can see over your shoulder from her desk. Yes. Yes, she can. And, and she can actually lean forward. And if I lean backwards, I can look through the door and see my boss staring at me. So that's super fun. So she can see when your phone is out and when you're answering messages from your cast. My phone is always out, but that's, you know, whatever. She can see when you're answering messages from your cast at 2 o'clock in the afternoon when you have a deadline in half an hour. Yeah, when I I pull up my phone to, like, use the calculator and there's, like, three messages Mm -hmm. and and Facebook Messenger open. And I'm like, oh, God, i got to answer these. But (laughs) I have to calculate this multi-thousand dollar fee at the same time. Um, Yeah, so that was different for us, number one. Um, number two, I was foc- very focused this time on having a um, mainly female set. Mm-hmm. So and we did, and I did. I had a, a, an amazing AD and Angie Hansen, um, who was with me all the way. Uh, we had two different sound ladies, um, Antoinette and Tr- Trisha. I cannot pronounce her no, last name. I got Antoinette Tomlinson was the first weekend. Yep. I cannot pronounce. Trisha's last name, I'm sorry. But either way, you were awesome, so yay, girl. <laughs> um, had Beatrice Sniper as makeup, which has yes. been a dream. We've wanted to work for her, with her on makeup forever. Now, mm-hmm. we did have her work on Theta as CG yeah. artist, um, but having her do makeup was just, yeah, wow, amazing. Uh, Phil from our previous shorts was our DP. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, tight crew, tight crew. Yeah. Chris Corsi came by. He helped us out. Yeah. Um, Hildanya stopped by again to do an amazing uh, background acting for us again. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, who else do we have? Dina. 
Dina. Dina, Dina was awesome. Up. And the Heathers, Heather Buckley and Heather Drew. Can't forget them. Cannot forget cannot forget Buckley. <laughs> 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 um, Heather Drew is our is our main lady. Um Laura, right? Laura. Laura. Uh, she's an absolute joy. She is such a trooper. We did put her through so much stuff. Um, and she <laughs> kept a straight face and was so stoic yeah, about she's everything. Very, very straight. She was, a, yeah. oh man, some of the stuff that Buckley did was just <laughs> like. Buckley was just a force of like nature. Like we were dying behind the camera. How, how, <laughs> yeah, how, how Heather, Heather did Drew that? decided that was able to keep a straight face during the scenes was just. It was amazing. Oh. Um, so yeah, that rounds up everybody. So we, I mean, we are mainly female, um, which was oh, awesome. Yeah, Christian Moran is. Christian well, Moran right? stopped by as uh, the love interest. Yes. Yeah. So you had me, Phil, mm-hmm. Chris Corsi, yeah. and Christian Moran. Yep. And we were the the males of the set. Yes. And then there was you as writer director, yep. Angie. As AD. Uh, Heather and Heather yes. as the stars. Hildanya as a background. Dina. Uh, the waitress, uh, uh, Nicole. Um, Nicole was was our yeah one of our waitresses. Yvette uh, the, was one was our awesome location manager for the bar. Yeah. Um, uh, Antoinette and uh, Trisha. And Trisha. Yeah, so that's four to ten to four. Right? Yeah. Is that what we counted? Excellent. About that. Yeah. So you had uh, that was that's about well, I would say that's about sixty percent female. Sixty to six seventy percent female. Yeah. Approximately. Yeah. So I'm not pulling out a calculator. No. no. So math. Duh. Yeah, you accomplished your goal. You got a mostly female, and that's awesome. Mm-hmm. So that was that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so that made me happy for sure. I mean, there were some bumps along the way and ruffled a couple of tail feathers here and there, but happens. You can't make an omelet without breaking some eggs. No. <laughs> um, that's all I'm going to say about that matter. Um, yeah. So to start from the beginning, Miss um, Heather Buckley uh, is someone that we've run into on a number of different events, mm-hmm. and at one of the events, she had this really great monologue about how. You know, as a kid who didn't really fit in with everybody, she found monsters to be a comforting thing as the, you know, sort of the exiles and the outcasts. And she really related to them. And um, she really wanted to play a monster and do that for other little girls that don't fit in. And uh, I fell in love with the speech that she gave and, and... it rattled around in my head, and I've been working on this idea, God, two or three years. It's yeah. been rattling up there. And um, so finally I sat down and I wrote the script specifically with Heather Buckley in mind. Um, and I think I wrote, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, but I think I did keep Heather Drew in for a lot of Laura. Um, and she fit very she well. She fit very they well. They both did. Oh, yeah. They were, the, they were really perfect for the roles, both of them. Yeah. Um, and then once eventually I finished the script, you know, I, I put it through, through a couple of different people, read it over and they thought it was hilarious. And, um, you know, when I, when I was doing the festival tour with Beneath, a lot of people told me that I'm funny. (laughs) So looking? No. What do you mean? I'm funny. Like a clown funny? Yeah. Like a clown. What are you trying to say? (laughs) Trying to say Henry funny, like a clown. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's relevant. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, so I, I decided to, you know, trust in, in the feedback that I got at the festivals and, and I wrote this comedy and, and the more people I sent it to, the more people thought it was funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got more confidence in it and then eventually I, I very nerve wrackingly reached out to Heather Buckley and, um, of course, you know, in the back of my mind doesn't, you know, cause we're being on, we're honest on this podcast. Are I was we? super nervous. Yes. Okay. 
Shut up. <laughs> um, I was super nervous when I reached out to, Bo- to Heather Buckley. I was just like, what if she says no? And I don't want to do this without her. I wrote this specifically for her. I'm so nervous, you know. And I reached out to her and I was like, so I have a script. There's a monster. I want you to play it. It's a comedy. It's not a scary movie, but it is, there's a monster. Mm. And um, she was like, yes. And come to find out that literally she never even read the script. She yeah. just was like, Lindsay, Drew you want also. me? Heather yeah. Drew also. Yeah. yeah. Both of them did not even bother to read the script. As soon as I asked, they were like, yes. Um, which is um, which is awesome. Which is incredible. When you, when, you, when you speak to two actors and you say you want them in your film and without even reading the script, they agree. Like, yeah. doesn't matter what it is, they're no. doing it. No. They're down for it. So that's got to be an awesome feeling. It was incredible. It was a really, really nice feeling. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, through it, originally I didn't have her as a monster. And it was, um, God, I drove you crazy, I'm sure, going back and forth as to whether I was going to make her a monster or a person. Um, they drive me a little. A little, a little bit, a little, a little bit, bit crazy, because we're honest here. Um, and then eventually, you know, through Heather Buckley and having conversations with her and, and seeing how much she wanted her to be a monster and really thinking about the visuals, I decided to go for it and make her a monster. So mm-hmm. then we brought on um, Beatrice. And um, I really had this idea that I wanted to base it off of Little Monsters Hmm. and a little drop-dead Fred. Mm -hmm. Um, So I sent a lot of reference images to Beatrice, and then we kind of went through different prosthetics just to get an idea of what I was looking for. I sent a lot of reference photos. Me and Beatrice probably went back and forth for about a month, a month and a half maybe. So yeah, I I was at the same time uh, coordinating wardrobe with... um, Drew and Bucks because mm-hmm. Buckley Heather Buckley has a really great look. She's very punk rock and it's it's yeah. uh, very uh, organic and genuine to her. So I really wanted to embrace that, you know, especially with the little monsters kind of um, idea. Mm-hmm. So we got together. Uh, you're a trooper and drove me out to New Jersey to meet with Heather Buckley. Um, we got her some things. The made. husband Uber. Yes, the husband Uber. <laughs> um, so we got some things uh, made from her from um, Harsho Jack. Yeah. The Hubber. Yeah. Um, and then we actually went through her wardrobe and we came up with a couple of different outfits for all the different days. Because uh, in the script, it actually follows her for uh, like six or seven days of the menstruation cycle. <laughs> um, so then I, I was really, you know, working with the two of them closely. And I, and I think through that, we kind of found the characters and kind of the worlds that mm-hmm. we were agreeing on. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, pre-production was really big on this one. Yeah. Yeah. It was pretty big for, for I mean, I, I guess we would have called it a small shoot, but it came out to be a lot bigger than it. Yeah. Than we had planned. Yeah. You know? For sure. Um, yeah. One of the nice things location wise, um, I hope this is interesting. I feel like I'm just like no, <laughs> speed talking through everything I did. Um, so location wise, um, one of my friends at work is super awesome, very supportive of artists. And we, uh, we shot, uh, I'm waiting for you yeah. at this apartment. And really funny. And when I came back to her, she's like, I was like, can I use your apartment? And she was like, yes. Um, lots of people just like saying yes to me. Like no questions asked, like just do it. Mm. Um, it's your charming smile. That's it. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so I asked her if we could use her apartment and she signed off like, no problem, not at all. And then when we finished it, I gave her back the keys to the place and, uh, you know, I was like, oh, it came out great. You know, Manny's really happy with the footage. And she went, eh, I thought this was your project. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, no, no, this one was Manny's. And she, but I, but I wanted you to shoot your film in my apartment. 
And I was like, boo, I got you. I'll shoot the next one there. So uh, we went back there and she was super great, of course, you know, giving us free reign in the apartment all over again. Um, so I did do a lot of more dressing. We trashed it a whole lot worse than the first time. Too. <laughs> oh, my God, man. The amount of stuff. It was everywhere. The amount of stuff we had for this shoot because it was two days straight. Yeah. It was wow. two long days. Two straight. long days. Yeah, that was. Um, we had you know multiple days, multiple times the of day. We, we too. Yeah, I redressed the entire apartment because I really wanted um, color. Lots of lots yeah. of color, and I really wanted pops of color everywhere. So yeah. I, you know, I got well, new bedding and new curtains, and yeah, she's an artist too. So everything kind of coordinates. Yes, she's very coordinated and everything. Like the match, the you know the. the the curtains match, and the you know you have specific. She has she has contrast of color in the apartment, mm -hmm. you know. But her, she's a lot more conservative. Her with diverse. Too. Well, but the thing is, I think her her diverse tastes come mm -hmm. in the art that she has in the apartment, yeah. you know. So everything's so, sort of muted to make the art pop. exactly like yeah. a gallery, just yeah. like a gallery. When she wants she wants the art to be center. Yeah, like her bedding was white and gray. Yeah, and um, yeah, because she's got a lot of art on her walls and, and a lot of which little makes it a great location. Things. Really, it does. You know, it really makes it interesting that you're not shooting out a, bl a blank wall. A lot of wall. shapes and textures yeah. around the around the apartment. Yeah, lots of little knickknackies too that yeah. kind of fill up the background nicely. Um, but yeah, no, I wanted something different, so I, I I got brand new curtains and bedding, and you know, I moved I moved around a lot of the knickknacks and props and flowers that she had, just to, you know, add pops of color in the background because that's really I wanted a bright comedy, colorful comedy. Um, but yeah, these are, these are all kind of things that I discovered kind of talking to you and Phil. Um, mm. we had, I think two production meetings with Phil. Um, one of them, uh, yeah, where we, we, I mean, where you and I worked on a storyboard first and you kind of helped me come up with, um, some of the more artistic, you know, shots that I wanted. Yeah. Um, and then we presented it to him and, uh, really great. We actually got to have one of the production meetings at one of the locations, so yeah. we shot at uh, Nearest Tavern again. Um, yeah. This time we actually shot the interior. Interior, yeah. <laughs> which was um, great. It's a beautiful interior. Um, very. There's a lot of history to Nears, which is what you were referencing earlier. Yeah. Um, they shot Goodfellas there. A couple mm -hmm. of different scenes: the post heist party and um, the Christmas party. Yeah, the Christmas the, party. it's Ray, it's the the bar that Ray Liotta owns in the movie. Yeah. So there's a couple of scenes in it. The shine box scene is in there. The post heist party. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, there's a couple of scenes in it. A couple of you know, little spots and larger scenes. The specific scene that I was that that's not um, at that. No. Is it? No. Am I funny? No, no. The am I funny? Fun yeah, no, that's no. the Copacabana. Oh, yeah, that's cool. But that they were great. It's also one of the first uh, venues that Mae West ever performed at and they actually shot Tower Heist there as well. Yeah, the Ben Stiller yeah. movie. Yeah. Um so they were really gracious about opening their doors. Uh we shot there of course because it's a restaurant, so we had to shoot there, you know, six AM to noon on a Sunday while they're closed. Yeah. Um yeah. which was a tight shoot. It was stressful. But I, I got everything I wanted, so you really can't walk away with anything Yeah better than that but so yeah we actually had our production meetings there with phil so we were actually able to plan out some of the shots and i think we went back a second time to have a meeting with him and and really look at the the space mm -hmm. all over again so and then of the course the owner is very supportive of it too he's very he's really proud that we're yeah. 
you know, shooting there. Like even when, when we were having the meeting, he happened to show up and like he made it a deal yeah. for everybody to hear. Everybody who was sitting in the bar yeah. came, you know, he came up to us and said it nice and loud. Look at these filmmakers here. The, you yeah. know, they're, they're, they're the future right here. They started right here in Nears. This is great. You know, he's very... He's, very, he's really very great proud for the community, and, he and he's really great about the history and, and really embracing that and understanding that the part of the legacy is the art, and yeah. that continuing to let art take yeah. place there is is more about the legacy. Mm -hmm. It's I think too. It's also that the bar is so old. It is. It is. As I don't care. It's the oldest bar in New York City. Yes. It's the oldest bar in New York. There's one other one that is claiming that, but it's they they apparently had closed or there's no like proof of what year they were specifically open. You know. Um, I think at that time it was it's hard to tell which bars were open, but this one has the uh, has the oldest um, like proof that yeah. it existed. Um, and about fifteen years ago or so, the bar ten or fifteen years ago, something like that, the, mm -hmm. this place was going to close, and um, he saved it. Yeah. And Lloyd came in and he bought the bar and saved it. Yeah. Uh, he's also a he's a firefighter. Yeah. You know he would. Retired not long after nine yes. eleven, right? Yeah, and um, and this is this is his thing now. He owns the bar. He, you know, he's trying to keep it, keep its legacy going, keep it alive. So he he also sees this like, you know, um, we're a bunch of people doing something from the ground up, mm -hmm. which is kind of what he's what he did. He took this bar that was done and it was closing and it was wasn't making money it was it was done after yeah. 150 years or so yeah it was a neighborhood bar that nobody really went to anymore mm -hmm. there's a ton of other bars from the neighborhood that have closed over the last mm -hmm. you know 15 20 years yeah. that he's watched one after another close yeah i mean and that's that's why he's he you know he's mm -hmm. hosted a lot of uh, you know film screenings you probably you guys have heard us talk yep. about them a number of times um he does comedy nights trivia nights paint nights anything that the community wants he's willing to bring it in yeah yeah, so he's been very he's been very welcoming to us, yeah. you know. Um, so yeah, what's next on the what's next on our list? Oh, the big one, the big thing that we learned. I shared it in the group, but oh, okay. um, we learned to ask for things. Oh wow, asking <laughs> for things. Yes, yes. I forgot about that. I yeah. forgot about that. Um, I, I I reached out as taking on that producer role. Yep. Um. Well, you and I had a conversation. You know, where what could we get, prop wise or otherwise, in that were that was called for in you, the script? Specifically, because in the script you have her doing a lot of things. Yes. The, the demon, the demon, the monster does a lot of things. She there's a lot of uh, because the movie's about her cravings and everything. So she eats a lot. She's a lot, a lot of, of yeah. She's got a lot of different foods that she eats. Yes. A lot of little things. We we reached out to um, Archie McPhee and we got. And they allowed us to use their little devil rubber ducky, the, the devil rubber ducky. in one of the scenes. Yeah. Um, we went to a local pizzeria, mm -hmm. Sal's Pizza, and they gave us some. I mean, we, we, we unfortunately weren't shooting close enough to the bar to have them cater because they asked if there's anything else they could do. But, yeah. you know, we were shooting this scene specifically in Brooklyn. Yep. It was a little far for them. They gave us some pizza boxes and some menus to put in the to put in the scene. Yeah. Um, I had reached out to somebody else about um using some chocolates is a local chocolate candy store that's been open for a long time that unfortunately I could not coordinate meeting up with her because they closed during the summer. Yeah. Because uh, it's just too hot to run a, a chocolate shop that's there. That's fair. Yeah, you know. Especially her this summer. So we got Nears as well, the yep. local bar. And I reached out to uh, New York Chips mm -hmm. uh, as a, as a, as a, uh, a potato, potato farm. 
upstate New York yep. that is, you know, family-owned uh, chip company. And I reached out to them and told them that we have some scenes with uh, where the monster is eating potato chips. And, you know, I asked if, if they'd be willing to donate some for the scene and for craft services for the cast and crew. And... Um, Chad is um, the guy who owns the company. Thank you, Chad. Yeah, Chad was very generous and gave us a couple boxes of... Four cases. He gave us four freaking cases. Yeah, cases of potato chips. Lifetime chips. Yeah, and it was was so awesome. And everybody enjoyed having potato chips on set. And it was like, it's, it's just one of those things like... Most of the time, you probably wouldn't touch potato chips on a set, but it's like knowing that some knowing that these this company is behind you and they mm. gave it to you and donated it. Everybody was just like, you know what? To hell with my diet. I'm yeah. eating these chips. Yeah, this is great. They, they gave it to us. Too. Oh yeah, you know. Uh, so uh, we sent them some pictures. I just I just emailed him a whole folder with a bunch of photos from the set. Oh my god, I um, died. I I shared it in the group. If you go to the the uh, indie filmmaker community group, you'll mm-hmm. see the picture. Um, they actually made like an ad out of it. Yeah, you know? of the de- of, of the monster <laughs> holding the chips. It's like misunderstood monster loves her barbecue mm-hmm. chips. <laughs> I yeah. died. I was so excited. Yeah, she, that was that was really cool. And Chad uh, Chad was really great. He actually told me that um, when. When he was younger he wanted to get into movies you know and uh he never did it he obviously you know opened a potato chip company instead and runs a, runs a potato farm uh so he felt this was kind of like this is great my product is in a movie this is awesome and yeah he was really really good really great about it really generous he's so supportive you know so awesome of him uh so that's one of those things that we learned just ask yeah just open your mouth and ask oh even my boss you know i asked her you know i was like i was like oh i got this office scene and you know and uh, i asked her said would you know do you think be all right if i shot my movie on one of the weekends and she was like absolutely no questions asked she was like absolutely just so you know there's no freight elevator so you got to get your equipment in Mm -hmm. carrying you can't have no wheels on the on the lobby floor and i was like that's fine um, and then when we got there, the, they were completely like, oh, you guys have a film shoot? Great. Just stay in your space. Don't yeah. take any th- photos of anything, uh, any of the other spaces, yeah. and don't use any hazers because you'll set off my smoke alarms. And yeah. that was the only request they had. That was it. And the building was cool with it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, your boss was cool with it. Yeah. That was great. Yeah. You know, that yeah. was the that was the third day yes. we shot in the office. The fourth day we shot at Nears. Yeah. And... Uh, uh, that is actually the second location of in all of our time mm-hmm. that we've ever paid for. Nears, yes. Nears. And um, technically it wasn't even a location fee. No, that's... she treated it like a like like an like an event rental. Yep. So it was twenty dollars an hour to rent the to rent the bar because they were closed. Yep. So basically we're just, you know, paying, paying her somebody, yeah. paying her for her time to be there to yep. open the bar. Yep. And we got a catering package from them. So she took so so Yvette took care of all so all the food was handled by the bar. And she was great. She made prop food. Yep. She made plenty of prop food. Because it was a dinner scene. She so. made everybody coffee, like individual coffee. If you wanted a cappuccino, you got it. Mm-hmm. You know, any kind of drink you wanted, you got. I mean, minus alcohol, because hello. Sad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that was really great. She was amazing. She mm-hmm. a dream of a location manager. We went we went about an hour over shooting too. We were supposed to be out by twelve because that's when the bar opens. Yeah, supposed to be done by twelve. I think we finished a little after one total. Yeah, 
You know, I mean, that's wrap up and everything. Like yeah. at 12 o'clock. Yeah. I think we stopped filming around 1220 or 1230. Yeah, I was going to say that 1215, 1220, we yeah. finished shooting. Uh, 12 o'clock, a couple, there's a couple, you know, every bar has a couple locals who are there the moment the bar opens yeah. up and this is their space they hang out at. Uh, there were two or three guys who showed up about 10 after 12, mm-hmm. you know, for the, the bar opened up. And, oh, no, actually, no, they were there even earlier. Yeah. They were there early because, again, they're usually there. They're there pretty regularly. So uh, Yvette, I think she saw them waiting, you know, that they were there outside. um, And she let them in and they stood at the end of the bar and they just watched. And they were quiet and gracious and very cool, very interested in what was happening. Yeah, they they watched. uh, We had to get some touch-ups on the demon, the last-minute touch-ups. So they were watching, asking Beatrice a bunch of questions about Mm -hmm. the makeup. They were really interested in what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. So even the locals were very, very yeah. supportive of it, and they were—they thought it was really cool that this was happening here. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah. Yeah, we really liked it. Even when we went to the park, you know, there were a couple of people that walked through. I was a little nervous about that old, that older lady with her dog, but mm-hmm. she she thought it was the coolest thing yeah. in the world that we were there making a movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, really, really great people all around. Uh, it's nice. It's really nice. Uh, sometimes you you get kind of caught up in this whole professional filmmaker thing. Yeah. You know, um, because as we learned, and this is something we learned at, at, at the Long Island Film Festival, because uh, the Long Island Festival, um, one of the heads of the festival, mm-hmm. she works for... Um, the Film Commission. The Film Commission. So um, she is ve- she stresses to all the filmmakers to do everything by the book. Mm-hmm. Keep it all above board. Unions, get your permits. Use the unions, unions. Go with yeah. this. Go with that. And and everything runs nice and smooth. Yeah. For you, which I'm not going to say she's wrong at all. She's absolutely no. right. Yes. Um. The problem is, can you afford to do that? Yeah. You know, and something that and does the script call for it? Like, um, I'm going to disagree there. Okay. The script always well, I mean, calls for you having complete control of your set. Yes. Always. Yes. Yeah. Whether or not you personally need that is on you. Right. No, I mean, I was just talking about, like, you know, for this particular one, for example, you know, I had Heather Buckley and Heather Drew in mind when I wrote the scripts and, and, mm-hmm. and neither of them are union. Yeah. Um. So that sort of made the decision okay. for me. I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. That's what I meant. I mean, I absolutely yeah. agree. You should always, you know, if you yeah. can get a permit, get a permit. It's it's crazy not to. You know, we do owe you guys. We got some really great information at Long Island that we're yeah. gonna we're gonna share with you. We learned all about tax incentives and a bunch mm-hmm. of other really good stuff. Um, we'll be getting to that in yeah. We'll be getting episodes, to that absolutely. in other episodes for sure. So you've got you've got an entire book of notes. From yes, the I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, you know, I, I, I think I'm more open after that festival to, to actually pursuing union stuff and, and, and it feels more approachable, mm-hmm. you know, just this particular project just didn't call for that just because my other, yeah. my actors were not union, Yeah, you know, we had a couple actors, friend, some friends we just recently made and we asked them mm-hmm. if they'd be, if they'd want to come down and be extras for the day. And they were very, very specific. Like I can't, I'm union. Yeah. And we and all of a sudden it's like wait a minute and suddenly everybody we know is union. Yeah. How did this happen? What? How did everyone happened? around us suddenly become union? You know, like it's it a merger. Yeah, it's you know, um, but I think I think uh, uh, um, I forgot where I was going. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I forget where I was going. Um, 
Yeah, I, but I, th- I think where you were going is that, you know, when you kind of do this for a long time, you, hey, that, you lose track of the magic. That's, that's yeah. You that's know, and, and, and how interesting and, and, and how people don't understand how these things are kind of made. You know, I think one of the, two of the most magical parts of, of which is kind of a tangent, and I'm sorry, guys, um, two of the mo- more magical moments for me um, kind of happened when we weren't. You know, number one, it was that lovely lady who was walking her dog who thought mm-hmm. it was the coolest thing in the world. We're making a movie and she wasn't bothered at all no. that we were standing in the way of her path and shooting something, which, you know, easily they, she could have been annoyed with us. Yeah. Um, but she was really super great. But beyond that, uh, driving home, um, the Heathers were thirsty. So we stopped um, at the local bodega and, and you and I stayed in the car and the two Heathers went out there. And of course, you know, Bux is completely in She's makeup. In makeup. <laughs> She's in um, full monster. Horns, horns coming out of her head, white paint, um, punk rock, you know, decked out and uh, walks into this bodega and there's this little kid and his mom walking past and, and, and it was like a movie. You know, he, she's holding his hand and, and, and dragging him in one direction and he's literally facing the exact opposite, pointing at the monster. Mom, did you see Mom, that? did you see that? And he's got this big, like, smile on his face. It's the coolest thing he'd seen. <laughs> and, and, and his mom was like, yes, honey, I saw it. That's very cool. And I mean, you, it, was, it was really nice in that, like, you know, like uh, she said later, Heather Buckley, when I told her about it, you know, it, 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 it's nice that people are like, get away from that. Or, you know, she was just like, oh, yeah, it's a monster. That's really cool. Let's yeah. go. You know, that she she was open to it and accepting of it. I think I think that also comes with the honestly, the cosplay culture. Yeah. Cosplay has become such a big thing now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're we're in New York. Yeah. We're in New York. It's a big city. Yeah. You know, um, Yes, we're in Queens, which is not quite Manhattan, which mm-hmm. is what everybody thinks of when they think of New York. They think of Manhattan. Yeah, uh, Queens is is larger, yes. but not as condensed. Yeah, and not you as out, outlandish. There, there's a lot of families out here. There's a lot yeah. of you know. So, but I think that the 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 cosplay culture has made seeing that sort of thing Normal. more regular. Yeah, no, when especially when Comic-Con in town and yeah. you see them all on the subway and nobody even blinks anymore. In fact, when we left the house, um, when I walked out of the house with uh, Bucks and um, and Beatrice, uh, a couple of our neighbors were outside and one girl looked at us. She says, are you guys going to, uh, oh, what did oh, she God. say? Oh, damn, I can't even, uh, uh, like uh, Snowcore or something like that, yeah. whatever, Snowcore, oh my God. No, <laughs> no it's not Snowcore. Um, Oh, Ozfest man. or no, um, not Ozfest. The, the, oh my God, I can't believe because I can't believe the, the the concert's still around either. But um, oh man, it was, a, it was a skate tour with concerts back then, and now it's now it's more something fest. Yeah, I forget. Uh, oh Jesus, I can't believe I can't I can't believe it. But she was like, "Are you going there?" And Bucks was just like, "Yep, that's where we're going," and just kept walking. <laughs> I love it. One of the bikers drove past Bucks when we were when we were walking back to the, mm. and he gave her that head nod. <laughs> she just she nodded right back yep. at him. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool. I'm sorry. So it's like yeah, it, it, it's it's funny because we think of our little our little area of Queens is kind of like this small town ish. Yeah, it's very quiet. It is. It's very Woodhaven is a very quiet area. Yeah, of it's, Queens. it's got a suburban feel to it. There's a lot more space in between houses. Yeah. You're not on top. We don't have apartment buildings, so we're less condensed. Yeah, um, a lot of family, a lot of one and two family homes out yeah. here. There's duplexes out here. Yeah. You know, so you, I mean, even we, you know, we have our own residents association. We, you know, we have well, block parties, it's and a working you know, class neighborhood. Yeah, this is a working people. People around here work nine to five. Yeah. 
You know, plain and simple. They were nine to five blue collar workers. Yeah. People, you go to the supermarket here at six o'clock and it is packed because yep. everybody just got off work. Yep. So it is, it's a working class neighborhood. Yeah. And you then know. the other one was uh, introducing our niece, Emma, to my monster. That was funny. That was really fun. Was um, and they were great about it. You know, literally, yeah, I had, I had a bunch of really kick ass girls in the apartment and I really wanted, you know, our niece to experience that. Um, you know, and her, she got like dinner plate eyes, you know? Yeah. And she's cool as anything though. Uh-huh. She you know, like, do you like, you know, Buck, Buck's got all in character and she did the whole thing and she goes, do you like monsters? And Emma throws Emma the just hand had up. It had to be tough. It just had to be tough. Throws the hand up on her hip and no. <laughs> and then when she walked away, she goes, Aunt Lynn, I like your vampire. <laughs> and I died um, inside, which was really, really cool. But I think, you know, that's that's what you kind of forget is that it's still magic for some people. And it's still, yeah. you know, Yvette just wanted to sit there and watch us. She did. You know, and, Yvette and sat at the end of the bar. Yeah, she sat mirrors, at the end of the bar. and The was just, whole day. Yeah. yeah. Just totally awestruck. I just loved seeing every second. I mean, yeah, we ran over. She didn't even care because she was so busy watching. And, and, you know, the guys at the bar, they they were just happy and content mm-hmm. to watch. You know, even, you know, a couple of people riding bikes through the park when we were filming, they kind of stopped and watched, you know, yeah. and they were all very quiet and respectful. Um, so, yeah, I think it's it, you do kind of tend to forget about the magic that is yeah, movie magic. That, that's where I was going earlier, that you, you forget the... Um you get so caught up in that professional filmmaker thing and yeah. keeping things above board and getting your permits and getting this and getting that. You forget that people, like you said, there's still a magic in this. Yeah. The people don't actually know how movies are made. They just see the final product. Yeah. So when they have an opportunity mm-hmm. to kind of be involved in it yeah. and to to do something to that's part it. of a film without actually having to do anything, yeah. just open your doors. Yeah. Just open your doors and that's it, you know? Um, they're very receptive of it. Mm-hmm. People are very willing. Especially Yvette, Yvette even said it to us where uh, she said, you know, at the end of the day, you know, she she literally she saw my notebook, she saw all the storyboards, she saw all the lists and the and mm-hmm. the you know, and she was like, You obviously can tell the the amount of hard work that you put into this. Yeah. You know, and, and, and I respect it and you know, it, it was an absolute pleasure to see how how the hard work kind of turns out. Yeah. Which is yeah. really nice. It's not say. just showing up, pointing a camera, and doing it. There mm-hmm. is a lot more to it. There is another, another crew or two that she's had there in the past over a couple of years. You know, yeah. And she said, she said to us, she said, "You guys are the most organized." Mm-hmm. She says, "I wish that some of them could have been here because they're some other local people and not." Not knocking them and how they do no, things. No, they're at just all. starting out. No. Yeah. yeah. So you know some of the some of the less experienced crew. Not that we're super experienced, but at this point we know how to keep it moving. Yeah. <laughs> but she said, "I wish that they had been here to see you guys yeah. and what you did and how you put it together and mm-hmm. how efficiently you ran, so that they could learn a few things yeah. and see that it can be done mm-hmm. efficiently." Yeah. You know, because uh, also. I see. I know. We we know the other. We know the other crews. And yeah. again, I'm not. I'm not knocking them at all in how they do things. Everybody does things their own way. Yeah. You know, um, but especially when you know people for a long time who've been shooting for a long time, and you kind of watch them, like we did for a while, mm-hmm. which is really why we do the show. Yeah. That for a while we kind of tripped over ourselves in the same places. Yeah, quite often. You make the same mistake over and over again and it takes a while to notice yeah. that mistake and realize where exactly the wrinkle in the carpet is. Mm-hmm. You know, um 
And it's not until you see someone else doing it differently and see, oh. Oh, that's the that, step I'm missing. Yes, exactly. That's where we're going wrong, right here. Like, there's the one part we're missing this. And once we can get over that hump yeah. and fix that, that, you know, like I said, that, 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 that wrinkle in the car, the tear in the carpet. Mm-hmm. Once we can fix that. Yeah. We'll smooth it back out, and, every, and 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 we'll be able to move. Yeah, no, I mean, absolutely. I, I feel like you know, I'm I'm learning so much more, and I'm, I'm sure I'll do an episode about this later. You know, when you when you go back for that second film, um, you know, I shared this quote about a year ago, where it was like, uh, I can't remember who said it, but a very fam- famous uh, filmmaker said it. You you never get to go back to your first film. Mm-hmm. Your fil- first film is the best because you never go but get to go back to that feeling of not knowing what you're doing, <laughs> and not knowing what you're doing is actually a really an amazing place to be. Um, you know, and I and I shared it last year when I finished Beneath, and and I actually came up on my Facebook memories, and I and I was thinking about that a lot. You know, it does feel very different doing a second film. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, you, you do know that you need to step up your game and, you know, when you had, when it was your first film, you know, people were more lenient and more patient with you. Mm. Um, and they were more understanding if you kind of got stuck or if you got overwhelmed for a little bit, you know? And so I really wanted to be on point with the second. And I feel like this time I really understand now how much I've benefited of, um, standing next to directors for the last 10 years. Mm. Um, as an AD. Watching the rest of us screw up. Yeah. Uh, not even screw up, but just, you know, literally just taking in how people do certain things. And, and, and I got to kind of take a little bit from everybody. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of combining it into, into what I'm doing now. Yeah. Um, which I think really gave me a leg up. You were up. in a very unique position for that. Yeah. You were in a very unique position. Yes. Yeah. All, all the crews we've been on, you've been their AD for... Ninety percent of them. Yes. All the different films. Yeah, and so I've 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 been the right hand to a number of directors, and I've been the right hand to a director for ten years now. And that's really given me, you know, um, a lot of insight and understanding on how people kind of talk to others. Where it's like, you know, you do kind of start to notice um, that they do talk to actors differently. You talk to one actor each, differently than you talk to another. Each act, um, each yeah. director does. Give it give them too, yeah. props. Give them stuff to play with. Give them stuff to do with their hands. You mm-hmm. know, if they're feeling nervous, um, you know, if if they're having a hard time, change the position of the camera. Sometimes that puts more um, pressure on them, and some yeah. deal better with pressure or without pressure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've noticed that. I've had some actors yeah. that are that are great no matter what, yeah. and others that are kind of yeah. wishy washy. But as soon as they know it's their close up, yeah. Boom! Yeah, they. It's nailed. all about that when they know they're on camera. They they're like, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, 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 well, I don't see it so much. I don't see it that they're that. Well, they know they're on camera. It's like they something in their brain clicks mm. that says, "All right, this is my this close is your up. time. I can't screw this yeah. up. I have to be perfect now." Yeah, because they see other people going over it and over it and over it, and they and 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 especially when we're doing separate close-ups you know mm. um they watch the other actor go through it three four five times and it's kind of like standing on line at the supermarket yeah you know when you're standing on the line you're the one thinking oh god that person up ahead is taking so long and yeah. then you get there and you realize everybody's feeling that way about you now yeah and then you, you can't find your coupon you can't find your stupid card and then exactly. you drop everything yeah, and then you feel horrible so frustrated with that person up ahead <laughs> who's taking forever and now you're the one taking forever yeah. and i think that 
that's what clicks kind of in their brain where suddenly they're the one that everyone's staring at and they have to get it right. Yeah. And I've seen them go from, you know, bumbling their lines being the just being the fed, the line that they're feeding yeah. versus once they're there nailing it. Yeah. And it's like, wow, one take and we're done. Yeah. Let's do another for safety, but yeah. one take and that's nailed the one. It. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think the pressure, some people said exactly, you said it perfectly. Some people work very well under pressure mm -hmm. and others need some space to kind of some explore. Of, yeah, some of them actually, like, it even, it even can um, be the order that you shoot the close-ups in where yeah. some people, like, need to kind of, like, do the journey. Mm -hmm. To understand this is where my hands go, this is where this is when this yeah. happens, this is when this happens. And they need to like walk through it a couple of times and find the right order to things before yeah. they want it on camera. And then there's others mm -hmm. who are just like, you know. And as a director, you, you have to know who they who they yeah. are. Yeah. Um I make those decisions beforehand where I know where I'm gonna start. Yeah. Like, um I you you did you did it you did it exactly the way I would have done it this weekend. You started Specifically, like the scene with Christian. Mm. Christian was very nervous because he's not a regular no, actor. No, you know, um, he was running lines with his wife or girlfriend. I'm not sure if they're married, but you know, he's running lines with Beyonce, her. Yeah. Fiance. Okay. <laughs> yep. Uh, he's running lines with her a lot, and he was kind of running it in his head and running it when he was on the train and doing it all. You know, um, and I think that, uh, and he's a director as well. Yes. You know, so, but suddenly now the pressure is different. Yes. You can't think of it like a director. He's got to think of it like an actor. And I think that a good portion of him was thinking of it like getting the lines right, getting the lines right, because this is this is another director yes. where, where you may be lenient when it comes to lines. You don't know how this director. Well, it's also a be. writer director. Yes. Um. So. Um, uh, 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 we started on Heather Drew's close-ups yes. because on, uh, the, the same. I, I think you had the same reason that I that I would have. She's a much more experienced. She's an actress. Yeah. This is yep. this is it. She's an actress. Yep. So she's. I'm not going to say she put more work into it than him because that's uh, that's relative. It's different work. Yeah. 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 Um, she'd already been. She'd already been shooting this character for three days. Mm -hmm. So by the time we got yes. to the fourth scene, she knew this character in and out already. Yeah. You know, on top of all her days of rehearsing, the three, two, three months well, we she's did, been we, going yeah, over the we script also did and rehearsing. Yeah, we table read with them. Exactly. You know, exactly. so they, they got a taste of each other too. And yeah. She's also, uh, Heather Drew is really great because she's um, she's a coach as well. She's a mm -hmm. death coach. Um, and she, she actually works with Pamela on the class. So she helps run the class. So she has experience in, in, in kind of giving. Yeah. So she's a, she's a very giving actress. Yeah. Um, which is which is one of the great things about having her in this role is that she she gave a lot to Buckley she gave a lot to Christian go ahead sorry I cut you off hmm. um, but yeah no that was my reasoning is that she, you know she's she's already been in this character for quite some time she was in the character the day before yeah um, you know she has a lot more information where like we've shot her talking about the date um, so she already has an established feeling about the date yeah you know and he's kind of trying to find where they, 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 they're at. And she's yeah. already kind of walked in there in her, in the character's mind where this date is and what it means to her. Yeah. And he's kind of just getting there now. Yeah. You know? And, 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 and I think that's, to me, that's why I would have started with her close up mm -hmm. because she knows this already. Yep. And that gives him the hour, hour and a half of her shots yeah. to get his stuff right 
and nobody wants to do by the time we by the time we flip all the lights we change the setup to get to his close-ups now he's been doing these lines and he's been playing this character for an hour and a half two mm -hmm. hours already yep. so he's in it now yeah you know um and like I said, she's had three days of sh of shooting already yeah. with this character. He's just showing up. You know, he had one other scene the weekend before, but it was literally one line. Yeah, it was one line. You know, because it was just... It, and it was super awkward. <laughs> yeah. And it was supposed to be awkward. It was supposed to be awkward. Yeah. The scene is supposed to be awkward. Yeah. Um, so I think as a director, it's your job to know who needs that extra time. Yeah. Who needs to work their way through it so mm -hmm. that by the time you get to their shots yeah. they're ready and they're prepared and they know it well enough. Yep. You know, and I think you did I think you did great. You did it you Thank did you. the same you did exactly the way that I would have done it. Thank you. You know? Yeah. Um the other challenge was camera work. Yeah, it this time I took a lot more up. Well, number one we had Phil. Yeah. Um so working with the DP this is my first time. You know, usually you and I create so closely mm -hmm. that we're usually on the same page and we don't really have to have a lot of conversations about what it is that I wanted or what yeah. I was looking for. Um this time I really I storyboarded the entire movie out. Um, from those storyboards, I picked the shots that I wanted. Just something even I've never done. Yeah, I've never storyboarded the whole thing because I'm usually and it really the it myself. really helps because I, I think it really helps me like see it and understand how to block things. Okay, you know, um, and how I kind of won this relationship because the demon it, she's she's supernatural, so she kind of pops up and pops out, and um, you know, I think that I didn't, I wouldn't have. I would have gotten there on set and sort of had that idea and it would have been confusing and too late to kind of do it mm. where, you know, when I did it in advance, I sort of was able to make the decisions and kind of create shots that allowed her to do that yeah. um, and to plan for that and to know like what lines I wanted her to do that at and, you know, to understand like to get my blocking to a certain point, knowing that she's going to move it at this line coming up. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really helpful to me. Um, it was a little nerve wracking because it's like all of a sudden you're making all these decisions and, and like and then this is it. But you're not locked onto it. And I think that's what I, I just had to keep reminding myself is like this is just a loose guideline of what I'm thinking. Yeah. When you get to set and you see the energy and the performances, you know, it, it can change from there. And time. And time. Time. Yeah, I lost, <laughs> uh, you know, at the apartment, I lost some of the, the ideas that I had um, just because we had a lot we of were, we had sound. Um, we had a lot of sound going on. There was, of course, an event out outside the apartment. Yeah, we, were, we were right down the street from a big, yeah. from Prospect Park. And they had a PA system going. Yeah, I think there was some sort of protest rally or march yeah. or something going on. And there was literally a guy on a PA yeah. for about and four music. hours. And then the there day. was a party next door the next day. Yeah. Fortunately, fortunately, though, the sound setup, we had we had all, yeah. the, my, all, the, all the actors were laved and we had... Yeah. The boom mic and listening to it now, it's there, but barely. It's very, very, and it's going to be easy to clean it up. Yeah, it's very barely, and you know, like uh, the sound girl, she you know, Trisha, you know, Trisha, um, and Antoinette, Antoinette could hear it in the in the headphones. Yeah, you know, but that's also because she had you know four or five channels of audio running in the same yeah. set of headphones, so she's listening to everything at once. Yeah, uh, once I separated it in the in the editor. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to take out a lot of that noise. Yeah, but a lot of it, but it, it was number one, distracting to the yes. actors. Number two, um, you really, you wanted to get additional takes just so you were guaranteed to have that clean audio yeah, when it came yeah. to post. We weren't sure how clean it was yeah. or wasn't going to be. Yeah. 
Um, you know, then we, we stopped and we did some more ADR just in case as well for mm-hmm. like the lines that kind of got, you know, yeah. covered over. Um, and Antoinette was really great about keeping that in, in mind and, and kind of knowing yeah. the lines that she wanted to grab just in case. Um, and then it was a little bit different because, um, we, we started off day one with one camera, yeah. um, which, you know, even for me as a challenge, even though we did beneath with one camera, mm-hmm. um, it just felt different this time. I think it's because I wanted more complicated shots. You know, I yep. wanted an over the bed shot. Well, beneath um, was beneath was pretty much two people on a bed yeah. for the whole. Yeah, the whole thing is literally one space. We shot in more mm-hmm. or less one direction. There was no. Really there was a turning. lot of movement in this one. Yeah, definitely yeah. a lot of movement. Especially you know, um, you know, Bucks is is very animated, and her character yeah. is very animated. Yeah. Um, to trying to capture everything that she was doing with with getting really great reactions. I think I also wanted to get a lot more coverage of because this is a comedy mm. and because the two of them are so great that it's like sometimes if you just leave the camera, you just want to literally turn the camera on and then just be like, go mm. and just let mm. it roll because they're going to come up with like if you leave them long enough, they're going to come up with something great. Well, that's yeah, I think that's that's how a lot yeah. of great comedies are just let the actors yeah. kind of run with it and see how outrageous yeah. create they the can world go. create the world for them give them give them their guide their kind of their guidelines yeah. give them enough stuff to play with yeah. and then just kind of yeah. let them and play and then when they when they hit the point where they're going too far yeah. all right we're done with this scene yeah. let's move on <laughs> yeah so i it took longer than i expected at the apartment um mm. so day 1 did take longer um we did bring you on to second camera. I think probably by the second scene that we were filming, yeah. we decided to bring you on just to get coverage. And you did a lot of the close-up medium shots and mm-hmm. you know just coverage in general. I still, I still can't, I still can't wrap my head around shooting single camera. No, it's I, I don't just, get it. You know, um, I understand the benefit in it mm-hmm. that you you're know? controlling everything that's in that shot. Yeah, I understand it, but. I honestly feel like at this budget level, when you're limited on time, you're limited on space, you're limited on everything. Oh, man. One camera slows things down so much. Yeah. You know, it makes things look so much nicer. Because you can, you light for literally every single shot shot individually. Yeah. You know, but it slows everything down because yeah. it's it. And I feel one, like you miss, you miss stuff too. Like, you know, yes. if you hadn't have been on Buckley when she was doing, responding to something that Drew was doing in yeah, the main when, shot, you know, it, it's sort of like, or vice versa, you know, uh, I feel like we would have lost a lot of golden moments yep. without that second camera. Yeah. Um, but Phil did a great job. Um, really stuck with me. Oh, yeah, it's not taking and, anything and away from Phil. It's bl- just he li- be- beautifully lit and shot and everything, and I'm really happy have, with him. When you have two actors on opposite ends of yeah, the, the room, room, yeah, and they're feeding off of each other, yeah. if you have one camera on one and nothing on the other one and she's real and, and Bucks yeah. was really yeah. going for it yeah. on the other side if that camera if the second camera wasn't on her like you yeah. said we would have missed yeah. a lot of great stuff yeah. and and in the end you were like okay well let's turn around and get the other side and I said no I already got it oh my god it was hilarious so we just so, did a couple um, of the way we ran it we were running uh, Phil's camera's main and I had a monitor um, through an app on my phone and um we're watching, yeah. So, so me and Angie are watching um, Phil's camera, yeah. And you're on the other side of the room, and so we're on, we're on Drew, and we're watching her, and she's just getting like really angry, and she's reacting like beautifully, and we're like, she really worked hard, like she's digging deep to yeah. get this, this anger going. And uh, so we finally called cut on that. So great, let's let's switch it around and let's get Bucks on camera now. And then we called action, and she's doing this crazy like nonsense in the background, mm-hmm. and. 
we had no idea that that that's what was Drew was responding to yeah. when we were on the main shot. She was poking her off camera. Yeah. <laughs> and that's you what caught I it, caught. You I caught, caught it all. that in the mirror behind. Yeah. I actually did a shot over Drew's shoulder of the mirror. Yeah. And you, so you could see both of them mm. in the same shot. Yeah. And exactly what she was responding to. Yeah, and it was so great, and it was hilarious. Like yeah. I was so dying. Just, yeah. Then we just spun. We just when we flipped, we did a new setup just so we can get it, single shots yeah. of Buckley doing it. Yeah. You know, uh, and I'll be honest. I mean, it was great, mm-hmm. but I think some of the some of that stuff was better when we were facing Drew. Yeah. Because. It was only five or six takes in. Mm-hmm. By the time we flipped, yeah. we were already an hour and a half, two hours into shooting this scene. And I think that Buckley was searching for new things to yeah. do. Yeah. Is what it was. Yeah. And she's running out of ideas now because she's been yeah. doing yeah. different things for two hours. Yeah. Yes. And now at this point, we're facing her and it's like, oh, what do I do now? Agreed. <laughs> no, I'm Agreed. out of ideas. You know, because she knew that I was shooting her the whole time, yeah. too. Yeah. She knew I had her yeah. in frame. You know, a couple of times I showed her, like I turned the camera and said, look, here's your, this is your frame. Yeah. Stay within this. Yeah. Okay. And she knew that I was catching her. Yeah. So now she's trying to be more creative two hours later. And it's yeah. like, all right, I'm out of ideas. What yeah. do I do? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm really happy that we did that. Because that's another benefit of two cameras Sometimes when you're all, you're on one side of the room for so long, the actors on the other side are already exhausted by the mm-hmm. time you get to them, especially yeah. when you're doing a performance yeah. as big as hers. Yeah. They get exhausted by the time they get there, and it's like, now you now, now you got to drag it out of them. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of force them to do it, and it's... Well, it's also, it's, it's lost it's lost its Spontaneity. Yeah, spontaneity. Yeah. It's lost yeah. its sort of fun, because it's like, oh, I'm going to do this again, Gary, I'm doing yeah. this again. I mean, not that, that her performance suffered at all. It yeah. really didn't. There was one take where she did something specific and I said, that's great. Yeah. Do that again. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. And she did it three, four more takes, mm-hmm. but the first one was the best. Yeah. Because the other time she's trying to time it. Yeah. She's trying to do all the other stuff to nail it at that one yeah. point to get to this. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's so a, her whole focus of the performance, especially with her, where her job is to be mischievous. She's mm-hmm. going to be a mischievous little monster. So you don't have that same element of of, of that same like organic. Yeah. <laughs> Look what I'm going to do. You know, <laughs> like you just yeah. don't have that in the, in the following takes. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I, I just, I love, I, I much prefer two cameras. I, I agree. I think even when we get to a bigger point where we got bigger budgets, I'm still going to say, yeah. no, I want two cameras. Yeah. I want two cameras running on this. I don't want to miss anything. No, nothing. Well, I mean, I think it's, it's also different where it's, you know, when you're, when you're doing horror, you're doing something, you know, even with me, with my, you know, with the monsters and a character. You're not I like those not the, like a normal person. It's like when you have dialogue, you know. Yeah, I mean, there are some moments of spontaneity in a dialogue scene or mm-hmm. a conversation when an actor makes a realization in their performance. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing to capture, yeah. you know. And you don't want to miss that. But I think it's you know with horror movies and and, and genre movies in general, you know, almost everything has some sort of like if if they do something and it just creates the right. Ed- little bit of tension that is so important Mm -hmm. it's even more important i think that's the overlap between horror and comedy that we've noticed now that you want to give that bit of improv to the actors to do what they're feeling at the moment Mm -hmm. and you don't want to miss it yeah 
You know, I, I know that a lot of comedies are done like that, especially the, the bigger, especially big, big budget comedies. Yeah. You've got... When you got the big names in there. you got someone like, like Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey is an overactor. Yeah. Maybe some of his movies are not the greatest. Yeah. Like, I can watch Yes Man and Liar Liar, the two yes. movies that most people just, whatever. Yeah. But I can watch them over and over again because his performance is incredible. Oh, my God. And I just watch it like what he did to to get to those points. And then you yeah. watch, and then those films you see in the end, they have the bloopers reels, and you yeah. see how he did every single take a little different. Mm -hmm. And he was a little bigger, a little smaller. Yeah. How much he improvised in those. Yeah. You know, I mean, you see that in a lot of comedies. Oh, I was just going to say, like, The Office Party. Um, oh, my God. Like, their blooper reel. Oh, like, yeah. You, you put that many really great comedians mm -hmm. with that sort of com com TJ comic timing. TJ Miller is one of those, too. Forget where it. Where he just does things. Yeah. You know? And I said that about, I said that about Bucks, during this, I said yeah. she's not structured. No, she's her acting. When she acts, she's very much let it happen. Yeah, she just lets the moment take her where yes. it may. Yes, and you end up with a lot of varied performances between some of the scenes. Mm -hmm. You know, but. You get great stuff out of it. That was my hardest oh, thing with Bucks is like, when do you call cut? Because it's yeah. like, if I just left the camera on her long enough, yeah. she would come up with this little old line. And, uh -huh. like, and it would She'd just be say like something. So perfect. Yeah. And it would just be like, and it's like, how many times did I miss it just because I called cut just for the sake of time? A lot. A lot. Yeah. I'm going to say a lot. Yeah. You know, when you want to yell, when you, when you think it's time to call cut, Wait. count to five, yeah. then call cut. Yep. Because you want to give that little bit of moment in the end, just in case the actor's feeling something extra. Yeah. You think it's gone far enough? Give it another five seconds. Yeah, and that, see what that, they do. that was a big lesson for me yeah. on this. You'd one. be surprised how much how much they'll surprise but you in that five seconds. It's really hard not yeah. to laugh too. <laughs> That's very difficult. It's you know it, it's so this one was like even like I loved Beneath because you know Beneath was was you know something that I wrote and something that I had in my head and, and that you always love that in in the first place. Um, but like beneath was, it was all working towards one moment. Yeah. You know, it was, it was a very focused script. It was a very focused story where it was like, we're all leading to this. I'm a build up person. Yeah. Yeah. I like build ups. Yeah. And it's much easier to direct. This is sort of very open and, and there's no yes. real lead up. There's no real, the, the punchline is given to you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and, and if you don't get the punchline within the first, you know, 30 seconds and this movie is lost yeah, on you. Yeah, we said that if in the first yeah. minute they don't get what's going on, your whole yeah. movie is, is screwed. Yeah, yeah it's screwed. I'm going to equate it to a stand-up performance where you tell individual jokes yeah. and everyone has their own story, mm -hmm. their own build, yep. their own cadence, every everything. And then when you get to the end, mm -hmm. the comedian has this one joke that kind of ties a lot of yes. it together yeah. and it's one big punchline. It's not maybe not the strongest joke of them all, yeah. but it gives you the theme the closure. of everything. Yeah. yeah. The theme of everything. We've every single joke has been building to, to this, this moment. One. Yeah. And I think that's what that's what you do in comedies. That's what yeah. this did, especially. It built to that one final moment, which again is not the strongest joke of the movie. Mm. It's the closure. But it's it's very it's very scary. Like stepping out of my own genre. Yeah. Um, trying something entirely new. Mm -hmm. Um and literally just having the faith in my own words and my own sort of experience that oh. it's going to transcend my own experience okay. in a way. 
you know, where it's every girl that read the script was like, yes, yes. And then every once in a while, one of them would be like, you know what? And then I get headaches. And I was like, great, I can move. I can put a headache in here. That's mm-hmm. simple. You know, um, but it's like it's all like it's a collection of my own experience kind of being put on camera, which it, it, it didn't feel as personal when I was kind of writing it. Yeah. As Beneath did, mm-hmm. Beneath felt much more like personal, but less personal when filming. This felt very personal while filming, which is kind okay. of weird because it's like it's literally conversations that I've had with myself, you know, and comments that it's my own inner dialogue on screen, which um, I didn't realize how personal and, and unique <laughs> and internal it was until all of a sudden somebody else is saying something yeah. that's been in my head, and then it's just like, what just happened? <laughs> Okay. Um, I guess Beneath was personal when you were writing it, but once yeah. it was done, you looked at it, it's like this is something that a lot of people can relate to. Yes. This was something that you felt you personally relate to because it's literally your words. Yeah. It's literally, your, like you said, your inner, it's your my inner, inner dialogue. Yeah, it's my inner dialogue. Yeah. Okay. It's weird. That was really artistic and sorry, guys. <laughs> oh, you're artistic? How dare you? I, I think we're going to wrap that up this week. Yeah. Because... Um, I want to get into post, but we just started post. Yeah, logging footage literally right now, guys, and and, and I'll be happy to walk you guys through there because I think, you know, I'm going to be more involved post-wise or trying. We're trying a different way of doing things where I'm uh, logging the footage and I'm choosing the takes that I like, and then you're going to put together a rough cut and then we're going to adjust from there. Mm -hmm. Uh, We've also just recently made a decision that we're kind of changing the format, sort of, the tone. The visual tone. Yeah. Yeah, we're playing with the visual tone of the movie. Um, so we'll update you guys on that as we go through that process. Yeah. But yeah, um, very different making your, just to sum it up, very different making your second. Um, you feel a little bit more pressure um, in that now you know what you're doing or you should know what you're doing because yeah. you've done it before and then you know all of the mistakes that you previously did um, and you're feeling the pressure of correcting those while kind of trying to prevent yourself from doing others. Um, but yeah, I mean, super rewarding, super great, an amazing experience. Find the right people. The right people will see you through. Mm. Um, have faith in the people that you choose. And um, have faith in yourself and your vision and your words. And just okay. do it. Just get out there and do it. It's It's... It's so amazing, magical, mind-blowing, transformational. <laughs> you know, yeah, this is what you sound like after you finish the movie when you're yeah. rapping and not during the tedious uh, hours of post-in or the film oh, festival Jesus. rejections and <laughs> film festival roller coaster. You know, before yeah, all that, you're on the high. I <laughs> haven't smacked down yet. Um, were you still completely and utterly in love with your baby? Okay. Sounds like you've learned a lot. Yes. Sounds like you're happy, too. I'm very happy. Good. I'm glad you're happy. Good. I'm Great. happy that you're happy. And I'm happy that you're happy that I'm happy. All right. <laughs> so. so that's going to do it this week. Filmmaking sucks. Um, yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, check out filmmakingsucks.productionnext.com and check out the Production Next software. Get yourself three free months with your sign-up uh, of your first year at Production Next. 
listen to the Horror Happens radio show for all of you horror filmmakers out there. JK does an excellent job covering all of the horror film festivals that you need to know because you need to know them. Yeah. He covers them, talks about, he talks to the directors of the festivals a lot, talks to a lot of other directors, filmmakers, some of the most influential people in the history of horror are on the Horror Happens radio show. Listen to that. Follow JK because he's got some stuff coming down the line too. He's got some new stuff up ahead that we really know about. Exciting. We know about, but we cannot discuss. But um, yes, follow JK on Facebook and join his Horror Happens radio group as well. Uh, speaking of groups, join the Indie Filmmaker Community Group on Facebook, run by ourselves and Timothy and Ulrich of uh, uh, Making Maybe Movies is Hard. hard. The Just Shoot It guys are there. The Nimpod guys. Run the, so the four, four, one filmmaker community group run by four separate filmmaker podcast groups. Yes. Podcasts. Uh, we are very open. We want to meet everybody and let let it be a place for everybody to um, learn and grow and, and help share. and share. So share, share, share. Yes, come join the group. Introduce yourself and be part of our conversations. Yes. Um, yeah. Find us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram, and you can email us at filmmakingsucks at gmail dot com with your questions, comments. We've had a couple of emails from some people who've listened to the show, and um, we'll be following up with yeah, them. Yes. Oh, I did already. I've, yeah. I've yes, I got at least I got three emails this week from people who listen to the show. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Keep the emails coming. Yeah, keep them coming. It's really, really great. And even if you guys just want to yell at us, just like upload these episodes already. Like, just yeah, do yeah, we've been terrible with this. We're sorry. We're, doing we're, our we're best. trying to get better. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Oh, um, anyone in North Carolina? Um, oh yeah. Carrie, North Carolina. Uh, we will be there for the Sick Chicks Flicks Film Festival. Sick Chick Flicks, yes. Sick Chick Flicks. Um, that is September 29th to the 30th. Mm -hmm. um, I'm actually on a panel called Adventures in Filmmaking. Mm -hmm. um, so that's fun if yep. you're in the North Carolina we'll be area. In Cary, North Carolina. Yeah. We're going to North Carolina. Going to North Carolina. Um, yeah, if you're in the area, stop on by. Let us know first. We'll bring you a bag of swag. Mm. Um, if, if I not, have swag left. We, we have some swag. Postcards, maybe. Some. One yeah. sticker. I don't some know. Some stuff. We're running, we're running short on supplies here. Yeah. Festival run is nearing its end. Mm -hmm. And we're waiting on news from of a release of Theta States. Yes. Oh, and uh, I Waited for You will also be... Hitting festival soon. Yes, it's a new, the new short. The new short. The new short. I waited for you. Um, I got a response. We are in the finals for one film festival that Ooh, I can't remember right now. That. Yeah, well, it's not an official selection yet. Hooray. We're just we're we are a semifinalist to be selected. Okay. So it's fingers like, yeah. crossed on that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's it. Get out there, everyone, and make your films.